Welcome to Oxford Adult ESL Conversations, hosted by Jamie Adelson Goldstein, co-author of the Oxford Picture Dictionary and series director of the new Step Forward 2nd Edition. In this episode, Jamie is joined by Dave Coleman, Professional Development and Technical Assistance Specialist for the LAUSD Division of Adult and Career Education to discuss the value of promoting learner autonomy in the adult ESL classroom. Hi, Dave. It's great to welcome you to Oxford's Adult ESL Conversations. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here and talk with you, Jamie. Well, I'm hoping that our conversation can center on autonomy, which has an element of irony since there are two of us discussing it, but (laughs) I feel quite passionate about the importance of learner autonomy in the English learning classroom. And I know that I've heard you speak beautifully about that in the past. I wonder if you'd like to expound a little bit on why learner autonomy is so important in English language instruction. Wow. Um, I think it's important in all of instruction and in all learning. And in fact, you know, autonomy means moving the focus from teaching to learning, right? Mm. And we know in what's happening in the global economy, in the U.S. economy, and we hear it in reports from the feds and from our state leaders, um, mostly from business, that they don't have the kind of people they need. We are not the kind of people we need to be to be really successful individually, but also economically. And so businesses are asking for people who are more autonomous, who take initiative, who are resourceful and persistent. I love this, actually, because it's really tied to Malcolm Knowles' adult learning theory. If students are working on personally relevant topics and skills, well, then for sure there's going to be a much higher chance that they're going to persist. This is what we need, especially when we're being forced many times to change jobs. Um, We've been talking a lot about career pathways in education, especially adult education. We may have several pathways, so we definitely Mm -hmm. need to be persistent And we need to be autonomous and take initiative in our own lives because the world is changing so quickly. And I think that the whole concept of adult learning being an important part of adult English language instruction, uh, you know, I think we were always looking at relevance, but we maybe weren't quite as respectful of the Mm. challenge the adult learner could take on because we were so concerned about the challenge that English language learning provided. And what I love about the conversations we've had about autonomy and self-direction is that we've spoken to how respectful it is of the adult learner. Yes, yes. It's easy. It has been easy for me to have this mindset, this perspective that I am the holder of knowledge because I am the English, native English speaker and the expert. Um, But it's bigger than that. I, I We're working with adults who bring amazing life experiences from different countries, and many of them speak more languages than I do. And um, and I think that's what's really incumbent on us um, as language um, instructors, that we need to see the full reality, the humanity of our students. And when we look at learner autonomy, we're going to be doing that. I agree. And something that has come to the fore again and again is language in the service of content or language yes. in the service of having our learners express what they know and build their knowledge so they can express even more. Yep. So I think both of us have been in the field a while, not saying the number of years, but <laughs> I know that we're both evolving, which is a very good thing. How did autonomy come to the fore for you as an instructor? Well, <laughs> Um, it kind of came out of 
survival. <laughs> so I was teaching um, a multi-level class of adult learners from intermediate low through advanced and, and that had its own challenges. But I felt like I was able to be high control Dave and differentiate, yes, and run my class very smartly and with great management. And then when adult education died in California in 2012 and came back, I had all levels of students. I had seven levels of students, 60, oh. 60 students from literacy to advanced. <laughs> and oh. Yeah, right? How that is so special. Yeah. So I kind of was freaking out because I had had some of the advanced learners for, you know, some time already. So it was like I had to juice it up again from them. And meanwhile, we know what the needs of literacy level students are, right? Right. So I was kind of went from high control to feeling out of control. And um, I will say within a couple of weeks, there were two other teachers who joined the team. But I, I realized I couldn't do this the way I had been doing it and I needed to let go the reins and I needed the students to take the reins and just came clean with them um, and said you're going to be really responsible here folks and so I had to do some very specific management things and student empowerment things some of those look like what really good you know elementary school teachers do where they color code things and they have stations and everybody knows where things are and how to use them. I was just going to ask you, would it have to be that in order to have an autonomous setup, a teacher would really be working with learning stations or can autonomy be done within maybe a more traditional classroom setting? Oh, for sure. It's bigger than than what I was just talking about. It's a whole perspective. It's, it's about students knowing they're responsible and being empowered to be responsible. It's really clear expectations and everyone sharing those. And it can be, you know, as simple as traditional lesson sequence where students have some skills and objectives they're trying to learn and, and they are empowered to do that on their own while teachers doing something else with other people. And students, if they're working with documents, you know, they can have answer keys. I don't need to be the keeper of those. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. worried about cheating. It's like, really? That's, that's not the issue, especially with adults, right? Yeah. Um, so it can be, you know, your traditional very traditional learning, or if you're doing project-based learning. So it happens in lots of different ways. But students want to feel like they're improving it, and they need to know, especially adults, how they're doing it. And so, yeah, checklists, rubrics, self-progress charts, Mm. all these things are just really practical. Having ICANN statements um, before and after, pre-test, post-test, being empowered to work in groups. And I don't have to be there. I create the parameters and structure, they weigh in on that, and then go. What is the challenge for the teacher, and what is the role of the teacher in an autonomous learning environment? The challenge and the role is to set, well, there's got to be good communication about what's happening here, because we have students frequently from more traditional learning approaches where teacher knows best, teacher runs everything, and so we need to talk about that and say, Here's another way of thinking about it, and here's why it's it's helpful. So they sort of have to be an ambassador for autonomy first. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way of saying mm-hmm. it. And um, so there's that culture you're recreating first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you start doing something, and students from traditional backgrounds are like, what are you doing? What's happening? And there can be some anger and frustration and annoyance. Um, so we really want to understand the why of it and communicate that to students in level-appropriate ways. But... Um, I think transparency about what objectives and skills are are 
happening is really important. So you mentioned uh, that you don't have to be there. What does that mean to a teacher who is feeling a little bit unbalanced with the idea of a classroom where learners are taking so much responsibility? What I think you're pointing to, Jamie, is there's that tension between the teacher is in some ways an expert and uh, the students want that teacher with them to Mm -hmm. be a language model, to help point out errors and to encourage all those things that a leader does. And, And yet the teacher knows that there are other groups of students and other individuals who want that same thing as well. So if I have beginners and intermediates or even advanced students in the same class, I can't always have them together. We get that. So I will want to have some small groups. So I'm, when I'm saying I'm not there, I may not be there with my intermediate or advanced students because I'm working with these beginners and vice mm-hmm. versa. So I think that's the tension, wanting to be all things to all students, but knowing that's not a reality. And ultimately, that's not helpful to students. We want people to be, like we're all talking about, autonomous. Well, and certainly employers are asking for that, aren't they? They want exactly employees who can can work independently or with a team, but independently of a manager or a supervisor to accomplish the task. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at Forbes' list of 10 things that businesses want. Like you just said, ability to work in a team, ability to make decisions and solve problems, to plan, organize, and prioritize work. All of these things are not something that someone directs you to do. There's something you do because you have a job and you have a a task that needs to be done. So the autonomy is autonomy from the teacher to a degree, but the team can be autonomous as well. So the students can work with each other, rely on each other to support each other in the process. And I'm seeing a parallel between what you're saying about the class with the job site, the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the employer, the owner, the leader doesn't want the person always having to come to them and ask questions. And now what do I do? And how do I do it? And if we're showing that in the classroom, then students will be empowered and have the skills to be that kind of employee in the workplace. I think that that's a, such an important element of relevance. And of course, we, you and I have come up against this a number of times, but then you have the teacher who says, well, my learners are not really looking at the workplace. Yep. Yep. And, and and I know that we both have the answer that these are skills uh, that serve them well as parents, as community members, students. These are 21st century life skills. Exactly. I couldn't say any better. <laughs> but you were touching earlier on the idea of the cultural component for learners of teacher is the center yeah. and the source of all knowledge and, and helping the learners adjust to the new culture Mm -hmm. of uh, of a learner-centered classroom. Um, What other challenges do you think students come up against? I think it's not just their eyes are not always on the teacher, but we're directing them to be more reflective, look in the mirror, but also on their peers. And in a lot of language learning classes and society in general, they're looking to, to others. And sometimes that can be challenging in really diverse Mm -hmm. cultural groups. Um, And teachers need to help create understanding, respect. They need to build a community of learners. And and then that will translate into the workplace as well. Uh, How about the complexity of working on tasks that are a challenge to learners? How would you recommend that a teacher set up a task so that learners can work autonomously in pairs or teams or even individually? We know from 
go back to adult learning theory that people want to know what they're doing clearly and why it's important to them. So that's a super important place to start, especially if we're going to be having groups of people or individuals working uh, on their own. So clarity of, of instructions, um, clarity of the desired outcome, super important. We provide resources, whether it's you know your basics like dictionaries or computers, even smartphones if they're going to be helpful. We, we allow students to use those. We give them frames. We have posters on our wall of, of helpful sentence structures. We practice what it means to have collaborative discourse that's effective, um, how to initiate a comment, how to interrupt politely, how to listen carefully, how to paraphrase, how to um, encourage other people to speak. Those are all really helpful and necessary for, for those harder tasks. And as a part of the, the task, how would you help students guide themselves when they're actually working to complete the task? Sure. I think um, checklists, step-by-step step what's going to happen, that people can follow that process. Also, uh, again, knowing what the expectations are clearly through a rubric. Um, and something we talked about the other day that I wanted to bring up again were these KWL charts. K stands for mm. what I know now already. W stands for what I want to learn, and then L is what I did learn. So the first two pieces of that, what I know now, what I want to learn, can be done once we've trained students as a whole group um, in their small group, especially for those higher level students. But students say, well, what's, what do I know now? Because And that's based on learning theory. We can only learn or add on new learning or negotiate new learning based on what we start with. So students do a few bullet points individually or talk about it, create a brainstorm as a group, what we know now and what do we want to learn just based on the topic or the title of a passage or a video or some kind of content they're going to be um, discussing. They can be doing that and that's going to take some time and it's important, well-used time while the teacher is, is working with another individual or small group. And then the, the teacher can give those students the full content if they don't have it after they've done that. They address it, they work through it, they process it, they finish the KWL chart by writing what they learned. I, I just find that is a, a strategy that can be used time and time again. Um, I don't think students get bored with it, and it creates in them this approach to learning that's um, very positive and helpful for other things. So Dave, you mentioned that, that it was a process for you to come to autonomy. Was there any, any moment that really helped you evolve into accepting autonomy as a really valuable element of the classroom? Yes. I had the amazing experience of meeting a woman named Araceli Contreras, who was one of my students. And she was such a motivated learner and mother doing everything in her power to advance herself in this new country and her three children. And she was determined to find resources for her kids um, in terms of tutoring opportunities. And by her persistence and her, her autonomous desire to, to help her students, she became a class leader in terms of parent empowerment. And I just was able to just step back and let her lead. And other people became empowered to be leaders as well because of what she was doing and and the role model she was providing and it just kind of made it more concrete for me how I am a part of creating a, a place and people show up and if they feel empowered a magical things can happen and it just really 
brought it home for me that I need to run hard with this learner autonomy thing. <laughs> and that magic can happen as part of our facilitation, but it can't happen without the learners. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for sure. I mean, that's, I think it's very moving. Yeah. And it ties to what you always say, Jamie, um, we respect our learners and I think it's, it's wonderful and it's important and that's how we need to be in life. For me, the, the fact that we can get so passionate about this issue is one of the reasons that I love our field because we deeply care about making sure that our adults are served and that their skills are highlighted. And yeah. it is not a hierarchy. Exactly. There's, it's an exchange of the skills and knowledge that we have to support the skills and knowledge that they have. Nicely said. I like to ask if there's anything that you would particularly want a listener to take away from our free-flowing conversation today. Well, first of all, in a big picture way, uh, don't be afraid of learner autonomy. I think it's exciting. Magic things can happen and important things can happen for our students and for our excitement about our, our job. Um, so that's a big picture thing. More practical side, I think we mentioned you know, setting up your room so that students feel empowered and they have access, um, creating classroom community and creating teams that are, are trusting and solid and effective and giving students tools, whether they're checklists or rubrics or um, charts, graphic organizers that are really going to help them do the work on their own. So for yourself, in the process of doing this conversation, was there anything that you had a personal aha about or said, oh, I hadn't thought about that in a while or? Yeah, I'm not in the classroom now. So what I'm thinking about and being reminded of is as I work with teachers and as I work with school groups and instructional leadership groups, the same rules apply. How am I empowering them to be autonomous? Um, we're doing a lot of complex, difficult, demanding work and we need tools to do this work, but we need to tap into the things that excite us, the things that are relevant to us, and we need each other. So applying all those same things to uh, the work that we do um, as teachers and as instructional leaders. Well, thank you, Dave, because that's how I feel talking about this with you. I feel like we get an opportunity to really step up to what, what we need to be doing and yeah. draw on our own resources and each other. And I wouldn't want to do it alone. So thank you so much for spending time on Oxford Adult ESL Conversations. Thank you, Jamie. We love what you do and want to support you in it every step of the way. For more useful resources to support your teaching, including sample lessons from Oxford's adult ESL courses, visit the Love Adult ESL webpage at oup.com slash elt slash loveadultesl. That's oup.com slash elt slash loveadultesl. Link in the description.